Thank you, Lord. 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 We hit the lights. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Whew. You all ready for a, a surprise tonight? Amen. You all ready? Love heals. Love heals. Is that on repeat one? There's all kind of love out there. I just take this. But there's only one love that heals. And that love is going to show up tonight. It's called an authentic love. I feel like a lot of Christians are so far away from that first embrace of love that changed their life forever. You remember that? Do you really remember that? The Father wants to embrace us tonight. That's the love that heals. Heals the mind. Heals the body. The spirit's healed. But can you imagine if the same kind of love got in my head? There would be no sickness in the body. A lot of us have experienced Jesus. A lot of us have experienced the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But the love comes from Father. It comes from the Father. I don't know how far I'm going to get in this. 
I hope you feel tonight. The embrace that I feel right now. There's nothing like it. I looked in the mirror a little while ago and my eyes were bloodshot. And I said, Lord, they're going to think I've been drinking. <laughs> he said, tell them that you're just drunk on my love. That's a drunk that compares to no other drunk. Well, the Lord hadn't given me anything all week on the message. Is it? Is the air on? It's on because it's hot up here. Um. And usually he will. In the beginning of the week, he'll give me something. And he'll build on that all week long. Even this morning early, he, he still was nothing there. And he brought back to my mind, turn the music down just a little, please. We had a pastor's conference this past Friday. We started having those once a month. And they're powerful. The Lord's using this ministry to bring pastors together and allowing me to feed into them so they can mature. Because a lot of them identifying themselves right here. And that's where their church is at. There's one pastor that came back from Britain. And, uh, what? Brazil. Sorry. Hey, brother. Brazil. He said there was so much love. That he just got up and stood up. All kind of manifestations started happening. And the Lord told me this morning, He wants to do that here. If you'll let him. If you'll let him. We're talking about the Father's embrace. 
not the embrace of Jesus. Because when Jesus embraces us, things have to leave us. Because he came to sanctify. But the Father sent his only son to win you over in one meal so he could embrace. And he wants to do that in just a little while if we'll let him. But what stops? How can we stop him? This right here. Don't be looking at your brothers or sisters. Don't be thinking about what they did to you or who did what. Look to the one that created you to love him so he could love you. And your life won't be the same after tonight if you'll do that. Song of Solomon is a, it's a beautiful story. I, I, I haven't read it that much. But the Lord told me to, to go to Song of Solomon. He said that's a beautiful story about pursuing love, expressing love, and enjoying love. Pursuing love, expressing love, and enjoying love. It teaches us how to abandon ourselves to the lover of our soul. The soul is always looking for a lover. But there's only one lover of our soul. And if you let him tonight, he'll love on your soul. And the husbands and wives, we are joined in his covenant. And that same love should be in our marriages. It also reminds us that God is chasing us. He's wooing us. He's pursuing us. Look at these visions. Is this not a pursuit of His love? Trying to help us understand Him? Trying to help us connect? And we have to have this to be able to connect to love. Love's easy. He chases us. He woos us. 
and he pursues. My experience in him chasing me is when I was in trouble. I was making trouble for myself because he was chasing after me. He needed me. But I didn't know it was him running after me. The devil was causing problems because God was running after me. And my soul yielded to the devil instead of the one that was pursuing me. Thank God he didn't stop. Thank God he didn't stop. You know how a man tries to win a woman over? We almost have to change our identity to do that sometimes. Amen? We try to be somewhere where we're not even not that person trying to win the woman over. <laughs> That's how God is. That's how he wins us over. He does anything, everything to get us won over. As we read through the song of Solomon, let's learn from it on these two levels tonight. First level, let it stir your passion for God. Let it stir your passion for God and inspire your gratitude for His rentless pursuit of you. Did that, did that get in your head? Did that get in my mind? Let us stir our passion for God tonight and inspire our gratitude for His pursuit. for us. Number two, if we're married or hope to be married someday, let the book teach you the intimacy that will serve the marriage well. Let the book teach you how to serve the marriage and in intimacy well. Number three, above all, intensely enjoy and celebrate the beauty and the richness of your relationship with God and your mate. Until your mate comes, it's all God, let me tell you. Until your mate comes, it's all God. Because if we get off on a tangent... We don't have all God, and we need all God to bring the right things into our life. We need the full measure of God to bring the right things into our life. God wants to love on us tonight. The very essence of, the, of a covenant love is 
reproduced in Christ Jesus. That's the covenant of love, is his son. And the Song of Solomon is the promised land of covenant love. We talk about the promised land all the time. Things. It's the promise land of a covenant love. Nothing can satisfy that kind of love. Nothing can satisfy. Solomon wrote through the anointing of the Holy Spirit the Song of Solomon to communicate what covenant love is. He wrote that song, that poetry, to communicate what love is. I see so many people trying to pursue what they're supposed to do instead of pursuing the one that called you to do. That's why we never find out what we're supposed to do. Because you'll never find out what you're supposed to do till you pursue the one that called you to do. Solomon was the son of a king named David and Bathsheba his wife. And the key word through the whole song is love. Love, love, love. And there's many, so many definitions of love. Let me tell you what love is. It's an experience you'll never forget. You can't put words on it. It's hard to describe. You'll never forget it. I never forgot my born again resurrection. And we get so caught up in ministry, other things. If we just get caught up in his love, he would catch us up on everything that we're lacking in. He'd make it so easy for us. Because that's what he sent his son for. To embrace us. He didn't call us to be lazy. He called us to tend what he's given us. Take care of it. He didn't say you had to work for something. He said he would give it to you. 
And all you'd have to do is take care of it. How easy is that? Yeah, how easy would that be? Once you experience tonight, if you have time to stay, can you imagine if you just did that every day? How easy what he's entrusted you with it would be to work it, tend it, care for it. We're all stressed out, worried. There is no worry in love. There is no stress in love. Even if the devil is trying to bring it to you, you can cancel it out in love. We're going to get back to love tonight. The purpose of this the song is to represent the passionate love between a man and a woman. There's two things here. It, it, it teaches us the relationship we, we should have with God. And then the marriage. Can you imagine what would happen to your children if that was an operation? You'd have a bunch of loved children around you. They wouldn't have any problems. Children have problems because they hadn't been loved. Our love doesn't work. Because it's selfish. Oh, Jesus, he's going to... The basis of all human love should be covenant love. That covenant love is also the basis of all other relationships. Your, your enemy, your, your, your neighbor, a stranger that you don't know, know that love should touch him. That love is your God touching a stranger. He'll never forget you. Bathsheba personifies 
the wife of an ideal marriage and their history in the promised land. Under the covenant blessings of royal Solomonic love. Royal Solomonic love. The Song of Solomon gives us clear direction and discovery of what real covenant blessings are. And you know what they are? People. People is your covenant blessing. We loved each other before we came to the earth. Amen. We were sitting up there with him. Born right into this world. Our covenant blessings are each other. Follow the footsteps. Let's look at verse 1 8, Carrie. Read that, please. If you don't know, O fairest among women, follow in the footsteps of flocks and feed your little goats. Follow the footsteps of the flock. Footsteps are literally means the heel prints in the Greek. Jacob was born grasping his brother's heel. A congenital manipulator. Jacob was disjointed with deception at the core of his being, being illustrated by his limp. Y'all remember that story? Jacob was forced to live outside the camp of the land under the threat of an angry brother. There's a lot of Christians outside the camp because love is lacking. And he returned to the land after 20 years with a faulty family foundation. It was deception, lack of love, jealousy, anger, and love for hire. All these went into the shaky structure. How many Christians do you know that their life has been shaken? Our life is not supposed to be shaken. You can't shake genuine love. It's unshakable. It conquers everything. 
It redeems everything. We must have an understanding of the true foundation of love, which is Christ Jesus. And in that foundation, there is no deception. There's no anger. There's no fear. There's no worry. There's no perversion. There's no love of money. But sadly to say, some of the walls are built out of that material on the true foundation of Jesus Christ. We've been deceived by the enemy. We're supposed to know our God. We're supposed to know his love. Deception can't enter in that kind of love. Because it's pure. It sees everything pure. Christ is revealed in this book of Song of Solomon as the Garden of Eden, as the promised land of love, covenant love. When Christ poured in the love of God in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, its purpose was to bond us, bind us to the power of of love. Bond us, bind us to the power of love. He bonded our spirit with God. He binds our soul with God. That's where we've missed it. Breathing his life of love. Even your breath should cause brokenness in somebody's life. When love hits our spirit, I was wasted next door. I'm still that way. Because he embraced me. Not that I deserved it. But because I accepted his son. And I love him. We find this love in the footsteps of the flock. Right here. Right out there. Every time we come in here on Saturday night, we find that love in the footsteps of each other.
verse 1, 7, and 8. Love. Verse 1, 7 and 8. Yes, chapter 1. She on. Tell me, O you whom I love, where you feed your flock, where you make it rest at noon. For why should I be as one who veils herself by the flocks of your companions? But you do not know, O fairest among women, follow in the footsteps of the flocks and feed your little goats beside the shepherd's tent. Solomon is telling her to locate her lover by following the flocks of the fields. Her lover is Christ. The flock is his people, his brothers and sisters. Listen, don't ever expect God to deliver something into your life if you're not loving each other. And if something comes, it's camouflaged with love. same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is in your brother and sister sitting right beside of you and me. We'll never understand the true relationship of a father and the son Till we love each other. This ministry will never succeed to reach that goal right there of a pure church till we love each other. And that fire around there is the wall of fire is the wall of his passion, his love. Love puts a demand on the angels to protect you. 
to restrain evil from you. Once you feel the Father's embrace, tonight, if you let him embrace you, he will. And that's the same embrace that we're supposed to embrace each other with. Amen. Because when you get to heaven, it's nothing but love. Removing the marks of slavery. Let's read that, brother, in uh, verse... Let's read 1, 9 through 11. I have compared my love to my filly on Pharaoh's chariots. Her cheeks are lovely with ornaments. Her neck with chains of gold. We will make you ornaments of gold with studs. Listen to that. Authentic love removes the marks and spots of slavery and decorates you with the jewels of his love. The languages of love. Let's, let's, is anyone 12 through 17, the language of love? Let's read those verses. model of communication of love the language of love will always end hostility and divisive communication A lot of Christians think they got it. But the ones that think they have, don't. All they've experienced is the working of the Holy Spirit. 
You don't get it until you get it all. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. When Jesus said, my Father and I want to make a home in you. He's still waiting. He's still waiting. Holy Spirit's still working. Because he's the guarantee of your success. Of getting rid of pride, fears, all these things that are not in the foundation. Can you imagine the trinity of love living in a temple? Can you imagine the kind of dominion you would have? We can't comprehend that till you experience it. Love is an experience. Not in word, it's not in tongue. I love you, brother. Love you, sister. That's not love. Love is an experience. A radical difference. If it speaks out of a shared life with God, it will magnify oneness. You won't have any ill feelings against anyone if you're sharing oneness with God. And those ill feelings are keeping you back from the best part. best part is yet to come. The thorn and the tree. Verse 2 or chapter 2 1 through chapter 2 1 verse 1. Verse two and two, Carrie. Like a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Three and six, Zenny. Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down in his shade with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Are you lovesick? 
How many of you are lovesick? Nobody? Hmm? Everybody? Lovesick? Love is a life and death issue. It's a life and death issue. We are in a we are incomplete without God's love and love for one another. That's why the first church was so successful. Because they are of one spirit and one mind. The one mind means they breathe together. Can you imagine that? The breath of God. You can't breathe the breath of God until you're one mind with each other. When we experience the love between each other, we'll want nothing else. All wants go away. All needs go away. That's why the first church was so successful because they saw everything as common among each other. And they sold everything and laid it at the apostles' feet. And the apostle distributed to everyone as they had need. And they stayed in prayer, thanksgiving, and breaking bread. And in one day, God added 3,000 people to that church. He's still trying to get that kind of unity right here. The covenant blessings are me and you. One spirit, one mind. That's the covenant. Blessing. Blessing means to empower, to prosper and succeed and reach the goal. That's why most Christians don't have much power. Because that part is missing. They're not reaching their goal. There's a charge here. In fact, there's four charges in this little book. First charge. says, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles. This is verse, chapter 2, 7. Or by the does, the does of the field. And here's the charge. 
do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Some of us prostitute love. That's why we missed the mark. Love can't be prostituted and be effective. Love redeems. That's a charge that the Lord is saying here. Don't stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Love has to please the other person before it pleases you. The urgent message is that unauthorized love is not to be stirred up or awakened. Love is not authorized for us to prostitute to satisfy our flesh, our sinful nature. There is no true love without self-restraint. There's no true love without self-restraint. The quest for openness. Let's read verse 2, 8 through 15. The voice of the Lord, behold, he comes, leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he stands behind our walls. He is looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. My beloved spoke. And said to me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth. The time of seeing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree forced, puts forth his, her green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Oh, my dove, <clears throat> in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cliffs, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Love. That was 15. I'm sorry, go ahead. Catch us the foxes, the little foxes. See, love can bound over a mountain, but cannot leap over the wall of the beloved. Remember when Jesus said in the Gospels, don't leap over the wall. You've got to go through the wall. You've got to go through him to get to the Father. We try to go over the wall to get our needs met. 
But he wants you to connect with the Father first before the needs met. Love is as strong, as strong it says in that verse, but never uses force. It never uses force. There are no giants in the land of love. Only little foxes, it said. Unbelief, resistance, hardness of heart. These little foxes that can be wiped out with love. Love depends on receiving and openness. We've got to be open with each other. We've got to be transparent with each other. Our pride keeps us from doing that. Is the AC working? Is it? Okay. Well, it must be the Father's hot love tonight. His passion, that fire. We have to be transparent. We can't hold back any issues. We can't hold back any offenses. We got to say it in love because the other person has your answer. The Redeemer's in the other person. Amen. If there's conflict between two people, the Redeemer is in both people to redeem the conflict. But our pride keeps us from laying our life down so that we can be transparent. The Redeemer is in us. He's in us. We lay our life down with each other. I hope you're getting this tonight. I hope you feel this, what I'm feeling tonight. Second charge is in verse 3, 5. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the does of the field, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Look at the message over and over again. The charge. It's a charge. Do not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. That means maintain sexual purity before marriage and then after the marriage. In the marriage, in the marriage, no adultery, porno, 
to maintain his love, you have to maintain the purity of Jesus Christ in you. He's in you. His spirit is in you. And his spirit is pure. And you can yield to his spirit. And he'll keep you pure. He will keep you pure in thought. You'll cast every imagination down. You'll cast every thought down when you just turn within. Pull on the purity of that love. And let that love come in and cancel out those thoughts. Avoid situations that awaken sexual desire before marriage and even in the marriage if it's not your wife. Avoid it. Your wife is the only one that you should have any sexual desire for. The quest for mutuality. Let's read verse 3, 6 to 11. Who is this coming out of the wilderness? Like pillars of smoke, perfumed with myrrh and frankincense, with all the merchants' fragrance powder. Behold, it is Solomon's couch, with sixty valiant men around it. Of the valiant of Israel, they all hold swords, being expert in war. Every man has his sword on his side, because of the fear in the night. Oh, uh, of the wood of Lebanon, Solomon the king made himself a lengthen. He made its pillars of silver, its support of gold, its seat its interior paved with love by the daughters of Jerusalem. Go forth, O daughters of Zion, and see King Solomon with the crown with which his mother crowned him on the day of his wedding, the day of the gladness of his heart. This is a royal wedding. Covenant love principles between God and Israel. The redemption journey of the covenant. It's a journey headed for a royal wedding. We're headed for the, the, the wedding. Can you imagine how that's going to be? I can't because he said you can't comprehend his love that way. No eye has seen, he said. No ear heard, nor have entered the heart of man things that God has prepared for those who love him. The royal wedding. Verse 4, 1 through 7. Behold, you are fair. Behold, you are fair, 
that does and behind the veil. Your hair is on your body instead of going down to the ground hitting. Your teeth are like a flock of shorn which have come up from the washing. Every one which bears twins, none is barren among them. Your lips are like a strand of scarlet, your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like a piece of honey. Your neck is like a tower of David, built for him, on which, on which hang a thousand buckets, all shields of mighty your two breasts are like twins of gazelles which speak among the living. Until the day breaks and the shadows flee away, I will go to the mountain of her, to the hill of frankincense. You are all fair, my love, and there is no spot in you. Wow. No spot. Getting acquainted. This is a picture of a fruitful, perfected, covenant people in full possession of the promised land of love. Full possession. No spot. You can't get there with a spot. There's no spots in the foundation. So there can't be any spots in the walls. And I was teaching the pastors this Friday that we are building a spiritual house for God to dwell in. And it's not built yet. It's not about these buildings. The house is built through these relationships. And you build a house in the Spirit for God to dwell, it says in Ephesians. This is the third charge, verse 5 and 8. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, I find you, I find my beloved, that you tell him I am lovesick. If you find my beloved, tell him I'm lovesick. Who's your beloved? Jesus says, to you, beloved. So he's our beloved. We are loved by him. Until we love him. A lot of people, a lot of people have a problem with Jesus. Christians have a problem with Jesus. I minister to him. Till you find him, you'll never redeem love sick. 
till you find him and know him, you'll never know the Father. And that's a different kind of love. He has a love that you hadn't even touched you yet. Just like when he speaks, Jesus repeats. The Holy Spirit repeats. Then we repeat. It's the same with love. Can you imagine? Embracing the fullness of love. We just got a measure of it. And it's in that little tiny man right there inside our spirit. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The quest for oneness. Verse 5 and 9. What is your beloved more than another beloved, or fairest among women? What is your beloved more than another beloved that you so charge us? Verse 6 and 3. I am my and my beloved is mine. Keep this flock when you go different. The quest for oneness. This teaches to be unequaled in dependability, endurance, strength, and value unequaled in those areas towards one another. Dependability. I can hardly depend on the people in our own ministry to get here on time. Is that love? No. That's what this is saying. It's got to be unequaled. We got to be above the bar. It's got to have excellence on it. Our God is all excellent. Unequal dependability. Unequal commitment. Unequal strength. Unequal value towards one another. Fourth charge. Verse 8 and 4. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Look at the same charge. Do not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. Pray together. Ask the Lord to restore and heal relationships. Pray together. Pray with the one that you have offense with. Pray with the one that you have suspicions with. Pray together. And grace will show up.
grace cements the relationship into a covenant blessing. Closing scenes. If you can't write these down, you get the CD. The closing scenes. There's five achieve achievements achievements to love success. One, achieving the primary goal. which is in verse 8, 5. Cling to God. Then cling to each other. Cling to God. And then cling to each other. Love has worked. It's awakening power when you do that. Love has worked. It's awakening power. When you do that. Number two. Achieving authentic love. Achieving authentic love. That's in verse 8, 6, and 7. A seal represents authoritative power. A seal represents authoritative power when he said, Set me a seal upon your heart and a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. It flames, its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement, vehement flame. Love, that kind of love is the seal of authority. And that's why the church doesn't have authority. We think we got authority. Well, if we have so much authority, then why are we lacking? Why are we in need? When Jesus said it was finished, he did everything he could do. He redeemed it back to you. We can't claim it until we love each other. It's impossible to claim it till you love. Now it's a commandment to love each other. And it's also a commandment to love your neighbor. The stranger. Just as you love yourself. When you, when we, when we, I'm going to put me in this because when we make that connection, then we'll have authority. And we can't make that connection because the mind's not renewed. Back to God. We don't think like 
Jesus thinks. Until we think like Jesus thinks, we'll never receive the, the, the authoritative power of love. That power is going to redeem something in your life as soon as you make connection with the stranger. And the saints that are in your midst. Three. Achieving motherhood and peace. Achieving motherhood and peace. That's in verse 8, 8 through 10. Achieving motherhood and peace. And I won't read those for the sake of time. That represents a protective tower-like palace. Love is a nurturing life source. Love is a nurturing life source. Mature with integrity and protection of others. Mature and integrity and protection of others. Will you protect your neighbor by saying something good about him when he said something good bad about you? Matured integrity will always say the right thing. Matured integrity. You know, people are, there's Christians that are fallen dead because they've talked about men of God. It's happening. They didn't like the way he taught or preached on something. It's happening. The Bible says men of God are angels sent from heaven to minister to you. These times are accelerating. Don't touch God's people. Don't say anything that's contrary to edification. His vineyards were priceless in verse 8, 11, and 12. His vineyards were priceless. And our love for God and each other should be priceless. Priceless. You can't put a price on it. Number five. Achieving the inheritance. That was four. Oh, four, okay, I'm sorry. Achieving a vineyard equal to Solomon's. Achieving a vineyard equal to Solomon's. And that was in verse 8, 11, and 12. That's what his, his, his vineyards were priceless. Solomon's vineyards were priceless. 
No money could buy his vineyard. Our love for God and each other is our vineyard. If we have a ministry and our vineyard is not in place, our ministry is nothing. Our vineyard is our love for God and each other. It's priceless. Then you have a ministry. Number five, achieving the inheritance. That's in verse 8, 13, and 14. And the inheritance is the unending kingdom of love. What a beautiful way to finish the message. The unending kingdom of love. A lot of people are afraid. Disaster's coming. Crisis is coming. I would be afraid too. If you're not in working the vineyard. Loving God. And people. There's divine protection on that. Disaster can't touch you. Come on. Our God, there's no fear in Him. He's not going to put fear on us. If we walk in love, there is divine protection. He dispatches the angels around us. If He can drop manna from heaven... Come on. Why disasters all around? We're just loving on each other. And manna's falling. Angels are around us protecting us. Manna's falling. We haven't even tapped into the goodness of the Father till you're in a disaster and He is providing for you.